0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks. is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to PricePix.com slash Locked On NBA and use the code Locked On NBA for a first deposit match up to $100.
1: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked On Wolves. Today on the show, reasons to try to stay optimistic as hard as it might be. After the last couple of bad losses by the Wolves, we'll do that on today's show. We'll also preview Wolves Suns, what the Wolves need to do differently Wednesday to have a chance to beat the Phoenix Suns. We'll cover all that on the show today and more. Welcome in. You are locked on, Wolves. You are locked on, Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash Locked On NBA. Happy Wednesday, everybody, happy hump day and happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves Take on the Phoenix Suns at Target Center this evening. We'll break that down later in the show. Plenty to get to before that. First of all, big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, Lockdown on Wolves is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. That's the brand new Roku and Amazon Fire TV app. All the Locked On Sports Minnesota shows can be found there. More great local sports coverage, twenty four seven. It's absolutely free. Download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app today on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow us on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves. Don't forget the T, and also at B Beacon, and that's with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right, so. If you did not listen to the live postcast or the postgame podcast following the Wolves debacle of a loss on Monday, um, then please go back and do so. If, if you, I guess, want to, I don't know, relive the misery, which I guess isn't a great, I'm not selling the episode very well, but I was brutally honest. Like my, one of my big things with this podcast for the last almost, I, I don't know, two and a half years or so. I've always, actually, no, three and a half years. I've been doing this for almost three and a half years now. Um, Trying to stay level-headed, right? Not overreacting. I'm not hot takey and and like maybe, I don't know. Sometimes maybe I should be, I'm not. Like that's just not how I roll as a podcast host, as as somebody who analyzes and covers the Timberwolves or basketball as a whole. Because like we're now starting to get to the point where the sample size of games, you know, everybody talks about the 20 game mark. I mean, we're what, 11 games in for the Wolves like we're still an eighth of the way through the season so there's so much basketball to play I don't want to overreact now Monday night's game was an alarm bell game I think I called it on Twitter a pull the fire alarm game because if we don't pull the fire alarm there's not going to be anything left everything's going to burn down that's how bad Monday was and last Friday the the loss last Friday wasn't like the effort was better and the loss maybe didn't feel as bad um, but all that happened between then was they beat a terrible Rockets team on Saturday, relatively convincingly. And, and I kind of threw us off the scent a little bit for a couple of days, but realistically, this team hasn't really performed consistently well all season. They haven't stacked wins at all. Um, there's teams that they should have beaten that, that they couldn't, or maybe games that shouldn't have been as close as they were. And, and they, they were too close. Right. Um, I called it like it was on Tuesday's show following Monday night's loss. And I was very honest with where I thought this team stood and what needed to change and what players that needed to play and players that needed to play better, players that needed to play less. Um, and I'm going to keep doing that. I'm not at all trying to do the silver lining thing here, but I do want to take like a, a half step back. I'm not retracting anything I said on yesterday's show. Not at all. But I do want I do want to add a little bit of... Um, levity here in saying that remember last year and I I, I think I said this to the show a couple weeks ago when the Wolves were you know 500 when it felt like they should have been like five and two or whatever that wasn't two weeks ago one week ago whenever that was the Wolves started 4-9 last year they won 46 games um, there's obvious differences between last year's teams and this year's team I think Chris Finch even said this I don't know if it was Tuesday or if it was Monday post game, but Finch even said like, "Hey, last year we were trying to prove that we could be something. This year, he and I'm paraphrasing, but Finch said some of the effect of this year we came in thinking we were something. You know, our team thought we were going to be really good, and now is kind of like, wait a minute, maybe we're not. What do we do? And trying to recalibrate. Right, last season it was nobody thinks we're good." Let's prove people wrong. And you had guys who were great at exactly that. And Jared Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly, and uh, much has been said about that. And not even, you know, in this instance, not even mentioning how good they were defensively or, you know, on the glass in Vando's case. But I think that that mentality certainly matters, but the Wolves were four nine last year, regardless through 13 games, they ended up winning 46 games, you know, had what everyone would consider a successful season. Um, the Boston Celtics last season. Oh, and I should also mention, by the way, with those losses last year that got them to four and nine, um, there were some bad ones in there, right? I mean, like remember the consecutive losses to the Clippers. They lost by eleven at home, then two nights later in the same building, both at home. This wasn't a home and home. This was both games at Target Center. Friday night loss to the Clippers. They scored eighty four points last year. They came into the game three and four, had just lost the Clippers that Wednesday. They lost by twenty. Scored 84 points, lost 104 to 84 Friday night to the Clippers, had the weekend off, traveled to Memphis, lost an overtime game to the Grizzlies that they should have won. That was a game, if I, and actually I'm going to verify this, but I believe this was a game they were up big and uh, yeah, the Wolves outscored the Grizzlies by 15 in the third quarter of this game. They were up 11 going to the fourth, were outscored by 11 points in the fourth quarter and outscored by seven in overtime. Memphis went on a huge run to end the game. So three days after losing by 20 and scoring 84 points on their home floor against the Clippers, of course, a Clippers team with no Kawhi, the Wolves go out and blow a a double digit fourth quarter lead, lose by seven in overtime to the Grizzlies last season, and then go to Golden State and lose what I think was a nationally televised game a couple nights after that. They're three and seven at that point with multiple double, three out of four double-digit, actually four out of five double-digit losses, because only a few games before, they lost to Orlando by 18. So four out of five double-digit point losses, an overtime loss in a game that they should have won, We're up double figures in the fourth quarter, and um, the only win in there was a win against a hapless Lakers team. They sat at four and nine, coming home to face Sacramento middle of November last season. And then they ripped off five wins in a row. They had that fun win right before Thanksgiving against the Miami Heat. Um, you know, and it was it was a good run, right? That, and then the Wolves ended up having a good season. They were 4-9 at the time with some really bad losses. It felt different because they hadn't just given up, you know, an arm and a leg for Rudy Gobert. But it still wasn't a good start to the season. The Boston Celtics last season, I don't know if you know what they ended up doing, going to the NBA Finals. The Boston Celtics last season had a really rough start with a brand new head coach. And of course, they've got a new head coach again this year. The Celtics were 16 and 18 last season after they had that bad loss to the Wolves like a couple of days after Christmas. Remember, the Timberwolves had basically nobody available in that game and beat the Boston Celtics. And I, I was actually, I was at that game at Target Center. And I remember thinking like, I probably even said this on the on the podcast after the game. I, I should have gone back and listened to it. Like, what? Where do the Celtics go from here? This is a team that was supposed to be good. Brad Stevens goes to the front office. They hire Ime Udoka, and now they're sixteen and eighteen. They've got you know Jalen Brown was healthy. I think at the time, I don't. I think Jason Tatum might have had COVID at the time. Um, it was just a really shoddy performance from the Boston Celtics and the Wolves in this game. When they beat the Celtics December 27th, they ended up winning by five. But you may recall the Wolves had nobody available. They started Nate Knight, who had barely played to that point in the season. They started Josh Gregman. This was the Greg Monroe game. They signed him off the street. He had 11, 9, and 6 off the bench. Jalen Noel had 29 in 35 minutes off the bench. This was the one game that Chris Silva played in, and one of just a couple that Rajon Tucker suited up in for the Wolves. The only game all season Chris Silva played in for the Chris Silva played in for the Wolves. Jordan McLaughlin started this game shot one of nine. Like, the starting lineup for the Wolves was McLaughlin, Akogi, Malik Beasley, Jade McDaniels, and Nate Knight. Off the bench, Jalen Noel, Greg Monroe, Jake Lehman played 24 minutes, and Chris Silva. And the Wolves won this game, and the Celtics fell to 16 and 18. And then they didn't actually get above 500 for good until January 29th. That's like two and a half months from right now. The Celtics were not above 500 for good until two and a half months from where we sit right now. And yes, the season has been a debacle to this point, it is disappointing. The loss of Monday was inexcusable, but they're one game under 500. Yeah, the, week, the schedule's hard the rest of the week, but if they bounce back, you know, Rudy Gobert in uniform, healthy Wednesday, they beat, say, they beat the Suns, or even if they lose a hard fought game to the Suns, maybe they win in Memphis on Friday, and things could feel hunky dory very quickly. Of course, it all has to happen. Guys have to play hard. Guys have to play hard at both ends of the floor. Shots, Open shots have to fall. Opposing offenses can't get open threes. There's a lot of things that need to be fixed. But it, it, like, the sky has not fallen yet. It may, be, it may be starting to fall. It may really feel like it's falling. We're not quite there yet. I want to break down the Phoenix-Minnesota matchup, briefly revisit last week's loss to Phoenix, and uh, talk about what to look for Wednesday against the sun. So we're gonna do that here next. First though, let's talk about our title sponsors of today's show. And that is of course our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire could feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You wanna be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's extremely easy. Um, Anytime I've tried to hire for uh my my day job um linkedin jobs is is legitimately somewhere that we look and somewhere that we have posted jobs in the past it's super easy you just post a you create a free job post and then you add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your linkedin profile to spread the word that you're hiring simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown NBA. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks once again for making Locked On Wolves your first listen today. And for your second listen, be sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today show from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Let's talk Wolves Sons. Um, First... What do we need to see differently Wednesday than than we saw Monday night in in the horrific loss that the Wolves suffered Monday night? Um well, first of all, we need to see effort, effort, and more effort. And I like easier said than done, apparently, for this Wolves team, it's not simply it's not simply diving on the floor for loose balls. It, you know, it that's it's not just that, right? It's it's not only 50-50 balls, diving to save balls from going out of bounds, et cetera. It's also just contesting threes. It's not the token contest. It's not that I'm going to get two-thirds of the way there and put my hand up. It's not I'm going to stunt at him and and try and go grab a rebound without boxing anybody out. It's legitimately closing out and contesting three-pointers on the perimeter. That would go a huge way to winning the game on Wednesday or being competitive Wednesday. Because again, if the Wolves play Wednesday like they did on Monday, they're going to get beat. Badly by the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday. Contesting threes. The next thing is running the floor in transition on both offense and defense. Getting back defensively was an issue last season too for the Wolves. It's been a horrible issue this year. Even the guys who generally are good and play hard, are good at this sort of thing and play hard. There were a couple of plays, Kyle Anderson was on the perimeter and contested a shot and just kind of, I don't know, like, didn't even run back like just kind of jogged back in transition. There was one play I think it was when it was a it was a major on Monday. It was like a major second quarter. I think it was the late second quarter push. Um, and it was like Kyle Anderson like barely got to the timeline, and there were two two opposing players passed him down the floor. And certainly, he's not the only one. He's one that I don't normally have to call out. Right? It's typically you know, name another perimeter Wolves player besides Jordan McLaughlin. Usually it's, it's everybody else. It's D'Angelo Russell, it's Anthony Edwards, it's Jalen Noel. Um, usually not Torian Prince, but, uh, occasionally Bryn Forbes. Like, uh, it's, it's been an issue getting back defensively. It's also been an issue getting out and running the floor in transition offensively, which is crazy because usually if, if guys smell an easy bucket, they're, they're gone, right? They're running the floor. We've seen Cat do a really good job of it lately. I generally think Jordan McLaughlin does a good job pushing pace. Ant is okay when he has the ball in his hands, but when he doesn't, he doesn't always run back hard. D'Lo, with the ball in his hands, usually it's like he's not in a hurry at all. And I think that's that seems to be a key point of frustration for Chris Finch, is that Finch wants to play faster, 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 faster. And indeed, the Wolves are once again first in pace. Remember, they finished last year first in the NBA in pace they lagged behind a little bit until recently this year they and you know they were fourth sixth something like that but i think they're they're first now um finch wants russell to play with more pace he wants the entire team to play with more pace and that's another area that they just need to have more urgency on both ends of the floor because i said this forcefully the other day the easiest buckets are in transition right like it's obvious it's basketball 101 you learned it in middle school Get out of transition. Get a layup. Fill the lanes. You know, um, and and nowadays and in the NBA, it's somebody's sprinting to the corner, or you're you're pulling up from the perimeter for a three because you're you're going to get a good look at the basket. Generally speaking, if you have numbers in transition, or at least you should. And defensively, what are the easy buckets you have to try and eradicate? It's fast break buckets. So just running hard in transition as as the court flips. That's a huge part of the battle, and it's a part of the battle the Wolves have been losing this this season. Um, In fact, the last time the Wolves played Phoenix, Minnesota was actually a plus 14 in fast break points. They actually did a good job scoring in, in the open floor against the Phoenix Suns last time out. And this season, Phoenix is just 28th in pace, so they're not trying to play fast. This is actually a matchup the Wolves should be pressing the issue even more the Suns are more than happy to slow the game down. Chris Paul would love to just run pick and roll with DeAndre Ayton. He'd love to just kind of do his thing in, in the half court like he did down the stretch against the Wolves last week when they he pretty much just orchestrated the Suns' win in the fourth quarter because the Wolves' pick and roll defense wasn't good enough. But the Wolves need to speed this game up. And again, last week against the Suns, they did do that, and they were a plus 14 at fast break points. Um, and they were uh, a plus eight on the glass overall. So they actually rebounded the ball well against Phoenix. Now, DeAndre Ayton didn't play last week. He should play. Um, he's not on the injury report currently for Wednesday. There was some thought he may, maybe re-injured himself the other day, but he appears like he'll play. Uh, by the way, Cam Johnson will not play. Um, he was massive against the Wolves last week. He led the Suns in scoring against Minnesota, had 29 points, made seven threes against the Wolves last Tuesday. Um but he's out now for probably six to eight weeks with a, a torn meniscus. DeAndre Ayton should play. Rudy Gobert is also off the injury report. Chris Finch said he'll play Wednesday. So the Wolves should be at full strength minus the two way guys and Luke Garza. Um or the two way guys and who's the one that's not a two way? Wendell Moore is technically on an assignment. So but they're they're full strength with the rotation guys now. Um so like it, all that to say, go, go back to the transition thing, the fast break points. If the Wolves can speed the Suns up, if they can compete on the glass, which is easier said than done with DeAndre Ayton available and the Suns at relatively full strength minus Cam Johnson, um, then they should they should be okay. Like The Wolves should be in a decent spot to at least be competitive like they were last week. So I want to close the show by looking at a couple of specific Suns stats and a couple of specific things from last week's game. Between the Wolves and the Pistons, and uh, or not Pistons, Pistons between the Wolves and the Suns. Um, I don't even have the word Pistons in my notes. I have no idea why I said that. Maybe it's the P in Phoenix. Um, but what what the Wolves need to do specifically against the Suns for this matchup uh, on Wednesday? But first, of all, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. Um, and later this week, Thursday night football, always a ton of fun at BetOnline. It's it's just, when it's the only game in town, it's the only NFL game. It's a lot of fun to bet on that. And of course, the national NBA games on TNT. So Thursdays are one of my favorite days of the week to be over at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts as well, you can find all those at BetOnline. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Uh, that's what our friends at Bet Online say. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. This is Jake from Locked
0: On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history.
1: All right, closing the show, some Wolves-Suns talk. I mentioned the Wolves had the rebounding advantage. They had the fast break advantage last week in the loss to Phoenix. Remember, they only lost this game by nine. They were in it in the fourth quarter. One of the key issues, though, was they did lose the turnover battle. They turned it over 18 times. The Wolves actually were okay in terms of taking care of the ball last season. And at times this year, it actually really hasn't been that big of an issue, but lately it has been. And it was against the Phoenix Suns last week. Um, last week against the Suns, The Wolves committed 16 turnovers to only nine for Phoenix. Um, On the season, the Wolves have committed, I lost the number. On the season, though, the Wolves have committed, uh, I believe they're 25th in turnover percentage, turnover rate offensively. So they've turned the ball over far too often. Um, And like, again, it's got to be cleaned up, especially against a team like Phoenix that's well-coached. They have good defensive players, obviously led by Chris Paul, but generally just a long, uh, you know, solid, a long roster. Phoenix has a long roster. They've got guys with length, with athleticism, and know-how on both ends of the floor. Um, yeah, the Wolves are 23rd in turnover rate, 14%. So 14% of their possessions end in a turnover, which is way too high. It's it's worse than where they were last year. Um, and and again, it's it killed them last year. Week against the Suns. Um, so that led to a 23 to 15 advantage in points off turnovers from Phoenix last week. So the Wolves were a minus eight in terms of points for points off turnovers. And generally, like I said a minute ago, the Wolves actually played the Suns okay. They were in that game. Um, it was a, what, a one-point game at halftime? The Wolves were only down one at halftime, five going into the fourth quarter. And uh, the Suns just kind of like the Wolves hung within like that three to four possession window, right? It was like eight to 11, eight to 12 points for much of the fourth quarter. And then when it got down to it, Chris Paul was just Chris Paul. And he was able to navigate the Wolves spotty at best pick and roll defense, the Wolves in drop coverage. And, uh, you know, Rudy, obviously very good at that. But Chris Paul killed that pick and roll coverage in the fourth quarter, especially lack of recovery in the perimeter where Paul was just kind of probing and the Wolves just weren't getting out and contesting jumpers on the perimeter. Paul was feeding guys that were open, or he was stopping and shooting himself in the mid-range, which he's so good at. And uh, nobody on the Wolves could fight through screens. D'Angelo Russell, even Jordan McLaughlin struggled in this game um, to 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 get through screens. It was just kind of an across-the-board issue for Minnesota. And um, Adilo, by the way, offensively in this game, had five points four assists, four turnovers, and ultimately only played 23 minutes against the Suns last week. This was one of those games in which he lost minutes late. Um, Jalen Noel had a good game, had 10 and four off the bench, but wasn't efficient shooting the ball. He actually led the Wolves in plus minus for whatever that's worth. But um, this was, I think, the first game in this run now we've had for the last eight, nine, 10 days where Katz has been easily the best player on the floor for Minnesota. He had 24 points on 50% shooting for the floor, plus 10 rebounds, seven assists in this game against Phoenix. Ant had 24, but it took him 21 shots to get there. He was five of 10 on threes. Um, Ant has talked about how they're, he talked post game about how the Wolves are soft on Monday. Um, Everybody knows about the standing around that Ant's been doing. That's out there on social media and and everybody's seen that. No doubt he's seen that people are seeing that. We'll see if Ant, you know, he's had obviously huge games against Phoenix the last couple of seasons. But, um, so perhaps he'll come to play on Wednesday home game against Phoenix. We'll see this as an opportunity to get some national attention to hopefully lift the wolves to win, but, um, he's got to play better on the perimeter. Maybe the wolves try putting him on Chris Paul and just saying, Hey man, you want to lock someone down. I mean, it's more likely he guards Devin Booker, but put the bigger body on Chris Paul, put the more physical body on Chris Paul and tell, and you just got to get through screens you just got to do it. Like, I'm not even worried about Ank getting into foul trouble. He's got to show the effort defensively before I'm too worried about foul trouble. We talk, I talked about this after Monday's game. Four of the five Wolves starters each only committed one personal foul, which seems good, but is it? Because what does that mean about the aggressiveness level of those players if not a one of them had a second personal foul and all of them played 30 or more minutes in that game? I think maybe I guess maybe one of them had 27. All of them played 27, 28-plus minutes of those starters. Jade McDaniels, of course, filed out in a short amount of minutes, like 17, 18 minutes. But um, on some level, you want to see a little bit like there needs to be a little bit more aggression defensively, and Ant is kind of the leader of, of the pack of guys that needs to improve there. Um, Phoenix, to this point this season, is a pretty mediocre rebounding team. I talked about the Wolves being plus eight on the glass against them last week. Uh, To this point, Phoenix is 21st in defensive rebound rate, the middle of the pack, 13th in offensive rebound rate. And last time out, the Suns have actually lost two out of three since the Wolves saw them last week. They just lost by 12 to Philadelphia, and Joel Embiid's return to the floor after missing a few games with, I think, the flu. Um, And Philadelphia rebounded Phoenix by 11 points in that game, and uh, DeAndre Ayton only had 14-7 in that game. Chris Paul left with a sore heel. I should have mentioned earlier, he's actually questionable with the heel of soreness on Wednesday. Um, and I, I did say Aiton's off the injury report, but uh, no Cam Johnson, Chris Paul questionable. And the Wolves will, of course have to deal with DeAndre Ayton, but still overall this season, Aiden's played in more games than he hasn't. And the Suns are still a, a, a bottom 10 defensive rebounding team. So That's an area the Wolves should be able to do okay against them in. Um, So we'll see how the Wolves are able to handle on the perimeter with no Cam Johnson. They can focus entirely on Devin Booker and and Chris Paul to a lesser extent. Not to a lesser extent in general, but in terms of scoring, right? As as a scoring threat and having Rudy Gobert back to help contend with Aiton and with that um, Paul Aiton screen and roll game will be huge as well. Um, Following the game Wednesday, of course, we'll do the live postcast with Marnie Gellner about 45 minutes following the game on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe to that channel and I'll tweet out the link. I'll tweet out a reminder. It's usually 45 minutes. It's after Marnie does the post game on Valley Sports North. And then, uh, also do a full post game podcast that will post early in the morning on Thursday for a Thursday show. So all that's upcoming. If you do miss the live YouTube show on Lockdown Sports Minnesota, the audio will be posted on all the Lockdown Wolves audio channels, just not our YouTube. It'll stay on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube. Uh, but the audio will be on our, um, all the other feeds, Apple, Spotify, Google, et cetera. Um, so thank you to those of you that do make us your first listen each and every day. It's genuinely appreciated. This show is, of course, free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. A reminder, if you do listen on Apple especially, please leave a review. Please give us a positive review if you enjoy the show. For I'm not gonna ask for four stars. Five stars would be great if you love the show. It definitely helps us out. Um, and, uh, it, it really is appreciated. And if you watch on YouTube, please subscribe, like the video, comment, et cetera. It all helps out. Um, you can also download the lockdown sports, Minnesota app on Roku or Amazon fire TV to watch this show as well as all the other lockdown sports, Minnesota shows. You can also follow on Twitter at lockdown T wolves and at B beacon. That's with two B's two E's, CK. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. And a reminder that your second listen could be the Lockdown Sports Today show. Be sure to go check that out for your next listen. The Lockdown Sports Today podcast is the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon
0: Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.